like I compare money and marketing all of the time because they're so similar in so many ways. And of course, on opposite ends of the spectrum. And those are the two parts of your business that you need to master. Um, you need to understand your money in order to be a good marketer. And you've got to understand marketing in order to make a lot of money. And if you can master these two aspects of your business, then you have a very high likelihood of success. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to More Clients, Less Effort. I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the world right now, Jackson Milan, the wealth mentor. Jackson, thanks for joining us, mate. My absolute pleasure. Any opportunity to have a chin wag with you? Yeah. You're up there in North Queensland these days. How are you finding the transition from the big smoke? It's the best. Uh, we've never been city people. Uh, we've always wanted to escape the the rat race. And uh, COVID is a perfect opportunity to, uh, where we spent a year traveling around Australia looking for our dream home. And uh, wasn't even on the radar at North Queensland, but we come up here and fell in love with it. And we're now on a 70-acre sanctuary uh, that backs on about 5,000 acres of World Heritage Rainforest. Uh, we've set up an animal sanctuary and we've got about 80 animals now uh, and uh, we're, we're loving it. It uh, ticks all of the boxes for us, feeds the soul. That uh, sounds terrible. I, I, I find it ironic that you started on a round Australia trip and got as far as Queensland and stopped. <laughs> well, that's your perfection. You don't keep going, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the thing about perfection. We never know. Now, Jackson, mate, you've been you've worked with absolute ton of people over your career, really around sort of financial management and and helping people kind of really realise, I guess, their financial goals from their business. I'm really curious though how you got into that space. What's tell us a bit about your journey because I know, especially having read your latest book, it's very similar to mine. Tell me, tell us the story. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur until everyone else had realized, honestly. And I was very late to the party in that respect. But the original turning point for me was observing my parents, who were incredibly hard workers, run businesses themselves, um, and really struggled with money. And we always uh, had enough, but there was never any excess. There was always enough to survive. And my parents always spoke about these kind of things that we hear as kids, that money doesn't grow on trees and creating money is hard and business is hard. And always I found myself asking why. Like, why is that the case? Um, why can't you create a different financial future for yourself? Why can't your business be more successful? And that led me into starting to train to become a financial advisor. Now, what I really quickly realized is that as a financial advisor, most advisors help people once they've already made money. And as we know, Tim, the vast majority of people don't make money. Uh, the people who make money are a very small percentage of society. Now, I'm like, well, why do I want to work with people once they've already done all of the hard work? I like to pick battles and uh, I don't like to, to pick easy ones. So I'm like, okay, well, how do I help people like my parents create the money in the first place? And that led me down the road of creating a career that I call wealth coaching. And it's really about helping business owners manufacture financial freedom using their business and then systematically turning their business profit into personal wealth so they can create financial freedom. And I've been pretty good at it. I've helped uh, my clients build $2 billion in combined wealth. Uh, and so uh, we've achieved a lot of success in the process. Just, that's kind of the, uh, just, to, 
just a modest sum. Do you do you attribute? You know, we, we talk about this mindset in business a lot, right? And these these stories that we tell them tell ourselves that I know for you and your clients, you try to break down those kind of preconceived beliefs about you know I need to work hard to make money and I need to you know money doesn't grow on trees and all those sort of things that we hear as a kid. I mean, how many of these things that we tell ourselves actually true, and how many are there just constructs that we try to which we hang things on? Yeah, most of them are constructs. To be fair, mate, and um, we are kept in this subconscious prison that we have put ourselves in. And some of them are through nurture, through our observations of our parents and the people that we've grown up with. Some of them are from experiences. Uh, but it, whatever the the catalyst for that is, that we are the biggest limiting factor in our life and in our business. And as Confucius famously said, he who said he can and he who said he can't are both right. We have a cognitive bias and a cognitive disposition to have reinforcement bias, confirmation bias. Where we hold an opinion, we will go out of our way to find information that confirms our opinion so we confirm our position. And that is how the unconscious prison is made. Now, what we try and help our clients do is we help them understand the limitations in their current way of thinking. We help create a really simple pathway for them to rise above it. And we shift their financial behaviors from they do it as an outlier to the action being presupposed. And then we create habits and we reinforce those behaviors. And then that allows us to create not only a, a shift in trajectory around what they're creating for themselves, but it actually allows us to set ourselves up for generational wealth, which for many people is more of a dream than a goal. Yeah, but but there's no reason it can't be the goal, right? I just think it's no. one of those things that we say, oh, I can't do that. And therefore, it becomes becomes true. As you, as you say, it's that, that confirmational bias. And I know that for us, we see that the same thing in marketing as well. We get into business, we suddenly discover that it's actually much harder than we think it is because not because it's it's a, a complex thing, but because there's lots of puzzle parts and we don't necessarily have the picture of what it is that we're looking for. And I know for you and your clients, we actually start to start with, well, let's understand where we are and let's understand the goal and, and put some real clarity around those things. And it's only when we do those two things that we can actually start to create a map of what, what's in between and what are the steps in between. If we don't, we don't necessarily know where we're going, do we? Exactly. And I compare money and marketing all of the time because they are so similar in so many ways. And of course, on opposite ends, ends of the spectrum, right? And those are the two parts of your business that you need to master. And um, You need to understand your money in order to be a good marketer. And you've got to understand marketing in order to make a lot of money. And if you can master these two aspects of your business, then you have a very high likelihood of success. And it's funnily enough, in both of our experiences, the two areas that most business owners are lacking the most, right? Yeah, why do you think that is? Talk to me about what it is. Okay, why? Uh, what is the fear about really embracing both money and marketing in business? And I've seen it lots of times. I've seen it in polls. You know, yes. what do you think the most important thing is? Oh, it's mindset, right? And I can think it all I want. But, <laughs> you know, in terms of skills, and I would absolutely agree with you, two absolutely important skills to master is one of those is marketing. And because that's the oxygen, right? And that's the create the oxygen that fee fuels everything else. And understanding and managing your cash flow and your finances, another area of critical importance because that ensures that you <laughs> then have a business that continues into the future. What do you think holds people back from mastering those two skills? For both, if we imagine both marketing and money to be an iceberg, we see that the vast majority of people are dealing with the superficial tactical stuff above the surface. And if you think about an iceberg, you can put as much wind on that iceberg from the top, but it's not going to move at its trajectory or its, its direction, right? 
it is the majority of the iceberg under the surface and the undercurrent that influences where that iceberg goes. And you could be huffing and puffing all you like to try and shift that iceberg from the superficial tactical stuff, and it's not going to move. And this is where people get frustrated and give up because they know enough to be dangerous and they don't go deep enough up be- like below that transactional into the transformational to make a real meaningful difference in their marketing and their money. And for that reason, they abdicate responsibility. They come up with excuses to say, it's too hard. I'm not a marketing person. I'm not a money person. Um, I need XYZ expert to do it for me. And then when they try and engage that XYZ expert, they throw their hands up and say, no, I don't want to be involved. You just do it. Here's the keys to the vault. Um, Make some of the most life-changing decisions for me and my business on my behalf, and I'm just going to trust you to do the right thing. And that's a recipe for disaster. It is only when people realize that they need to go deeper that nobody is ever going to love and understand their money and their marketing more than them. And they will still, they'll start to create real transformational results in both. Yeah. I think it's why we see in certainly big companies that you know, the CEO spends 80% of the time on sales and marketing right, Correct. and finances. right. So those are really important things. Uh, certainly for me, one of my biggest frustrations is I see business owners, as you say, abdicate responsibility for marketing. And because they, look, let's face it, really don't know what you're doing. There is a lot to it. As you say, right? It's a great big iceberg of complexity and, and all sorts of different things. And it's not just, you know, run a few Facebook posts and I'm done. Or, or worse, we don't do Facebook because I don't like it very much, uh, which I hear a lot of. But it's handed to, you know, an office junior or an admin person in the office that, you know, really doesn't know what they're doing either, but happens to have an Instagram account, right? With a few followers. And we see that a lot. And I think you probably would see that, I guess, as well, right? We don't really know how to read a balance sheet or a P&L and or what to do it. And so accountant, you take care of that. And the accountant is literally like, well, I don't know what you mean to do. It's not my job to be driving the finance of your business and, and probably not really having those strategic conversations around either of those two things themselves. It's a conundrum. It really is. And I think the decision that these people need to make is that they need to learn these two parts of their business. Um, because they're critical. And you will only get the value that you're prepared to put into these areas. Um, because, yeah, as you rightly said, a junior marketing person doesn't understand your story, doesn't understand your value proposition, doesn't understand the results you get for clients, how to speak, speak to your ideal avatar, and vice versa. An accountant who has 500 clients is not going to understand the day-to-day operations of your business, your cash conversion cycle, um, your pipeline, the client that chooses to pay on a particular payment term and the reason why there's an an accounts receivable outstanding on the balance sheet. All of these things, you can outsource these functions, but it should be supplementary support to areas that you're prepared to champion. And uh, this is what we we do best. We try and simplify it. uh, We try and make sure that people can run it in a way that is congruent, even if they aren't money people, and make sure that they can actually enjoy the process as opposed to being exhausted or frustrated by it or stressed by it, because there's nothing worse than having that financial anxiety because you just don't know. Yeah. Now, before we, you know, we confuse anyone thinking this is a finance show, this is actually a marketing show. Yes. Uh, and, mate, I know you do some really, really amazing work, all right? But you wouldn't have been able to do the amazing work you do if you didn't have a marketing machine that works, right? So. Yes. One of the questions we ask all of our guests here is, what is it that you do that systemizes and potentially automates your client acquisition process, right? And I think there's something we can learn from everybody who's doing this, right? It doesn't matter whether you're a finance company and wealth mentor like you guys are at Aureus, 
or you're a plumber or an electrician or a solar panel company or, a, you know, I'm mean, having some fun watching uh, Pepsi, you know, uh, Where's My Jet <laughs> on Netflix lately, which is, you know, a little bit fun. But you can even learn something from that, right? That was a fantastic incentive-based marketing approach that we could use in a, in a smaller business as well. But what is, what's one system or automation that you have in your business that you find really effective at creating leverage at you know how you attract, convert, and keep clients? Yeah, it's interesting. All of these mistakes that we were just talking about, Tim, I've made all of these mistakes, right? And we've tried to outsource and abdicate responsibility because we didn't see ourselves as marketing people. Surprise, surprise. And now all of it fell short. And the problem was that we didn't take the time to deeply understand the marketing engagement behaviors of our ideal avatar. So our ideal clients are business owners. They're time poor, they're affluent, they have been results-driven, and they've achieved results. And when it comes to their money, the common complaint was that this is not an our thing, it's a later thing. I've got all of these other things that require my attention. I'll deal with that wealth stuff later once I have scaled my business to X, Y, Z or achieved this milestone or whatever the excuse might be. So I'm like, okay, all these lead magnets and engagement posts and all these various things are falling short. Why? It is because our ideal market does not understand the extent of their problems. On the flip side, they are also very curious. When they're presented with something, they want to work it out, right? Like if you put a Rubik's Cube in front of our clients, they're going to have a crack at trying to fix it and try and finish it, right? And so like, okay, how do we encompass all of these things into a marketing automation tool that allows us to generate high quality leads on autopilot? So we created a financial performance scorecard. So I come up with the top 40 problems that people who come to us have and that our clients have already got in place and have solved as a result of working with us. And we turned it into a yes or no quiz. And it covered seven different aspects of finance. And then we gave people a score out of 40. And then we asked them, okay, do this scorecard. It's going to tell you the things you need to do to get to financial freedom. Complete the score. It'll give you a a scorecard. It'll tell you what you need to do next. It'll create an automation to our team to reach out, not as per sales call, but to discuss their results and talk about how it is improved. And this single resource changed the entire way that we do sales and marketing. Talk to me more about how it's changed, okay? So we're picturing this, and I'm a massive fan of using quizzes or self-diagnosis tools very early on the process because we can't tell people they've got a problem. They've got to often discover it from themselves, right? As much as I say, hey, you need a new couch, right? It's only when you look at the couch and go, oh, my God, this holes all through it. Right, or it's stained and old and uncomfortable that you suddenly go, Oh, I need a new couch. Right. So, you know, diagnosis tools in any business, whether it be a service based business or a product based business, uh, are really valuable tools to do it. But talk to me more about how you use the automation from the tool itself to inform that sales conversation or the next step in that customer journey. Yes. So there's a couple of key parts there. So, what we realized is that because we're dealing with a realm that most people aren't experts, they don't know what they don't know. So we firstly wanted to use the tool as a a kind of a gap expander, right? For people to go, oh shit, there is all of these things that I haven't even thought about and I'm not doing it. And so it was very much expanding the gap of knowledge and getting them to marinate in their pain because we've done this with thousands of people and the average score is 18 out of 40, which means the vast majority of people are below average financially. What that also did is it created an emphasis on why they needed help now as opposed to this is a later problem. Because in the context of what we do, we're talking about a marathon or a sprint. Um, unlike a lead generation or a marketing expert or a sales expert uh, or even a business coach, 
they can deliver immediate and quick results. And sure, we can too, but when we're talking about financial freedom, that might be 10 years away, 20 years away, 30 years away. It's a long time uh, in the grand scheme of things. And most people don't understand the significance of waiting a year. Um, like, I've got 30 years. What happens if I start in 29, right? <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So what we then did is we, we that was a big picture. The next thing we realized is that because we're asking some really confronting questions, we need to keep people engaged. So there's a couple of technical things that we did in the automation. The first thing we did is we front-loaded the client's information. So page one, name, email address, phone number, mandatory fields. Like if you're not prepared to give me your phone number, you're not going to find out what Disney princess you are from the quiz. The second thing we did is that we created a a page of a maximum of five questions per page. So we minimized the perceived uh, extent of the question. They still knew that was 40 questions, but it's not like they could have a quiz that's just endless scroll. And we did have that for a period of time. And by shifting it to a page-based format, it drastically increased conversion rate. And what's really interesting, one of the most significant questions that we added was right at the very end is, would you like somebody to call you and talk about how you can improve your score? I think it's, it's one of the important things, right? You know, there's we have to have a call to action as part of the process. We need it's not just a case of giving people stuff and then hoping they make their own decision. We have to prompt it, don't we? You know, they're not going to sure. know what to do next because they've never been in this game before. And incidentally, if you do do the financial quiz that Jackson's, we're going to share a bit later on, you probably won't find out which Disney princess you are. But you know, we can. We can certainly point you right. We can certainly point <laughs> you in the right direction if you want to reach out and find more about that. But I really like that, and I just want to sort of come back to that in a couple of things. Quizzes are very powerful, but and we can capture and use a lot of information up front. It allows our contacts to self-diagnose. Great, that's a win, right? Because we again, we can't tell them they've got a problem; they've got to discover it for themselves. You know, and again, it's how big is how big is the problem and how much you want to fix. And I think that's a really important thing that we want to want to get people to take away from it. If we can get someone to understand their pain point, recognize that the sooner they get onto it, the sooner it'll be fixed. Because for a lot of us, you know, the thing we sell isn't urgent, right? It's not a problem that needs to be solved today or tomorrow, right? But it does have long-term impact, you know, the sooner we start on it, right? Uh, exactly. And, and, and financial freedom is attainable, but the longer you wait, the harder we're going to get there. Exactly. And the interesting part of this, Tim, is we've had people come back and redo it on a regular basis. And structuring it as a, it's not like a one-time thing, as a, hey, like it, it is a diagnostic. So it actually makes sense for you to bookmark this and come back and redo it every 90 days and see if you have made improvements. And, and we've had people who have redone it three, four, five times and then become clients so it actually becomes a really great nurture tool as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And look, and I do like, and I think it's a, an important takeaway from here, split test, okay? Now, if you're not split testing your stuff, you won't know what your results are. So try it with 40 questions on a page. Try it with five questions on a page. Try it with one question per page. Right? You know, if we look at our diagnostic tool that we use at Win More Clients as well, same sort of thing. It's about 40 questions long. It goes into different aspects of your marketing lifecycle about how you attract whether it's consistent brand, are you, you know, answer the phone in a certain way? Does everyone answer it in the same way? You know, do you have a pipeline of opportunities that you're managing? All those sorts of things. And I know for you, Jackson, as people fill out the quiz, you're not only capturing data, but you're segmenting the people who you can help the most yes. and the ones that you probably can't help, right? Someone who's only answered one question out of 40, 
yeah, may not be the right client. Someone has answered 40. Again, 40 out of 40 may not be the right client either. Right? And I think that's a really important thing to help us when we talk to our prospects because this is a prospecting tool. right? How are you using it to identify who you can help the most as well? Yes. And I think the big takeout off the back of that was that when we first created this, we said, and we've seen other tools that have these massive diagnostic reports at the end. Um, that depending on what profile you're in, it'll tell you all of these details. And we had this kind of probably ego-based ob- objective to create something similar because it was cool, right? And But we're like, okay, let's go live without it. And we actually found that by not delivering that big hefty report at the end and keeping it really short and sharp with really easy to understand takeaways and position the call as the primary outcome associated with doing the scorecard, it drastically changed the results and made it a whole lot easier for us. Because when we, we talk to other people who've asked us about this, about the same thing, they're like, oh, well, I, I, it's going to take me ages to create the report on the back. Don't create the report. It's not necessary. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is there are actually tools out there that can dynamically create the report as you go as well. But look, re- valuable lessons there, Jackson, I think. And in terms of being able to sort of Again, this is a thing that you can put on podcasts, you can put on your signature blog, you can throw up on your social media on a regular basis, and that gives you real leverage in terms of uh, the reach it has. Okay, mate, where can we find this amazing tool of yours to experience, right? Because obviously, yes. you know, if you're in business and you're listening to this podcast because you know, you're not in kindergarten uh, and you want to look at you know, where you are financially, where, where would we find such an amazing tool? You can find it at wealthhealthcheck.com.au. That is wealthhealthcheck.com.au. You'll get access to my uh, international best-selling books, some other uh, calculators and forecasting tools, along with the scorecard, and that's how well you're tracking to financial freedom. And uh, it'll give you some really valuable insights that you can start implementing straight away. Yeah, sounds super exciting, mate. Before we go, we like to do a bit of a quick fire round as well. Just a couple of random, rando questions for you as you finish up today's podcast. Let's start with this one. What's been the f- favorite job that you've held? This job. I, I really love what I do. I don't believe in doing shit jobs. And I believe that as an entrepreneur, we have the opportunity to create a, a business and a life by design. So I've asked, would I ever do anything else than what I'm doing right now? And no, uh, I really enjoy what I do. And I enjoy the business that I've created and uh, I'm enjoying the journey. Right, that's fantastic. And I think you're absolutely right, Ryan. <laughs> You're the, you're the one in charge. You get to change it whenever you want to. That's it. Mate, do you have a mentor? And if so, who? I've got lots of mentors. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work lately with inner game and mindset work um, with a fellow by the name of Jason Irving. Uh, he runs a, a business called Wellness Breakthrough Academy. Uh, I think he's based in your neck of the woods as well. Um, and he's fantastic. We've been working on how do I grow to be the person who can scale a $100 million business. And we've been able to get some amazing results just by working on my inner game, my own internal operating system. Um, so I highly advocate working on mindset uh, once you've got the foundations in place. Yep. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as somebody who has changed the way that business owners work towards financial freedom. What my legacy is going to be is my intellectual property and all of my frameworks that I'm trying to work through documenting. I want to write 100 books before I die. Mm-hmm. And uh, that will be the mark that I leave on the world, how I'm remembered and uh, how I help more entrepreneurs create the freedom and flexibility that they get into business to achieve. 100 books, incidentally. How many are you up to now? I'm up to five. There we go. 95 to go. Well achievable. What's your favorite color and what does that say about you? 
my favorite color is red. Uh, I'm definitely fiery and uh, and to the point and can sometimes be a little bit abrasive, but I think that just comes with my character and what I've been able to create. So. Fantastic, mate. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us on More Clients, Less Effort today. Guys, if you want to reach out to Jackson, you're all over the place, mate. So definitely look at Jackson Milan, Wealth Mentor, and of course, jump on to wealthhealthcheck.com.au and check out that incredible scorecard. Pay attention as you're going through it as well and, and look at how uh, the team at Aureus have put that together for your own purposes as well, right? You can you can certainly learn from others and success leaves clues, as they say. Jackson, thanks again for joining, mate. It's good to see you. My pleasure, mate. And uh, guys, we'll see you on another episode of More Clients, Less Effort, real soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.